Hey guys, welcome back into the Corked Up Podcast, version 2, episode 9. Episode 9, Jack Savio, Frank Neris. Frankie, we're almost back at episode 10. We're, we're cruising right along here, and I, I don't know when I'll remember. I should probably look it up first, but it's not how, it's not how I've done things not for the last fun. nine weeks. I'm not going to start now. Uh, so we got some things to discuss this week. Uh, um, we're pretty much just going to exclusively talk about the Bears' loss to the Rams because... Uh, I, I subconsciously cannot even think of another game uh, right now other than this one. I wrote down uh, notes because I was so mad. I never write down notes. I usually just try and do it based off memory. But uh, this this week this week stung. Um, so we'll get to that, and then we'll get to our week eight picks as well. Uh, before we do that, Frank, how's your week going, man? Happy Halloween. We're we're here. Spooky. We're, yeah, you know? we're we're almost at Halloween, and I'd fucking love if the Bears could dress up as a different team this Sunday. <laughs> Because the team that I saw on Monday night can't have it. Can can't Nick play Foles, with them. Yeah, can Nick Foles them. just invert his jersey number and just be Jay Cutler for Halloween? I'd love it. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd welcome it. It's it's sad that we're at that point that we're yearning for the days of Jay Cutler, but here we are. Uh, so let's just get right into it, Frank. Um, I'm going to start things off. So the Bears obviously lost <laughs> 17. No, that's not right. That's that's the wrong. That's I don't the wrong. even remember that's what the score year. was. I checked 24, out for twenty four to ten. I believe was the game. Uh, yes, twenty four to ten. I I clicked the first. You know, I searched Bears Rams right, and the first thing that comes up is the ESPN score from last year. I don't need that. It's it was twenty four to ten. Uh, the offense generated a total of three points. Uh, until the defense, Eddie Jackson, finally got his and got into the end zone. And there were, of course, there was a flag, uh, but luckily it was against the Rams. But I, I would have, that would have just been the, the cherry on that Sunday, that shit Sunday that we, that we fucking were forced to eat by the Bears. Uh, so let's just get into it, Frank. Um, first things first, I, I well, okay, you know, I'll, I'll pass it to you. I, I need, I need a jumping off point. So let's just start with you. What was the, overwhelming narrative that that came to your mind while uh, at the end of this game or maybe during the game yeah i think the very i mean it, it was hard to have like one narrative there were a few of them and it's one that this offensive line is bad i mean really really bad like i there were some people during the game that were like blaming montgomery and i'm like are we watching the same get like Running backs' jobs aren't to break tackles from defensive linemen. It's to get to the second level untouched yeah. so they can make plays. I mean, that offensive line has been really, really bad since the Colts game. After they, But it was after we stopped running the ball with consistency. And I know it's something that Kyle Long has talked about in the past where that's kind of where offensive lines really draw that, like, the you know, the ugly from. They draw the the togetherness from is when they get to really push forward on defensive lines. And, again, it seems like Matt Nagy, and this isn't me harping on something. We know he's not going to run the ball, but now we're starting to see the effects of that because his offensive line is is nowhere near the level. I understand we lost James Daniel, but we, it shouldn't look like this just because one guy, I mean, the whole line is just dismantled at this point. So that was my first thought. My second thought is the overarching thing. My takeaway here, Matt Nagy has to stop calling plays. He he, he just he, he doesn't get this offense in any sort of a rhythm. And it's like he draws up plays sometimes that players are open, and it's obvious that this year quarterbacks are still kind of missing those. But I've advanced that train of thought of like, oh, well, let's get someone in there who knows what they're doing because he can hit those throws and maybe they get in a rhythm. But as you look across the league – you see Russell Wilson miss throws deep. You see Pat Mahomes miss throws deep. You see, you know, um, I mean, you see everyone, every good offense, their quarterback is going to miss some throws every game. But their, the OC or the head coach who's calling the plays is consistently getting guys open to take that chance again. And it eventually clicks for a big play. It seems like Matt Nagy only has like two or three of those a game. And granted, they still should be hit. But it's like never, there's never a rhythm. Like there's no, I don't know if it's like the lack of a game plan or just his game planning isn't good enough to create any rhythm. But this, I mean, this offense is absolutely dreadful to watch. Like we are watching a team that seems, I mean, it's like the most bland thing I've ever seen before. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's my biggest takeaway. I'm okay with Nagy maybe next year picking, picking it back up. 
He has to, for this year, for some stretch of time, let Bill Lazor, I mean, somebody, call, I mean, let fucking Mitch call plays for all I give a shit. Someone else has to call plays because he has to be able to see at a macro level exactly what's going on. And I think his mind is so focused on play calling and being an OC that he's not, you know what I mean, seeing the bigger picture here. Yeah. And that was, that was what I took away because this defense is not that great. I mean, the Rams aren't a bad defense, but they're not the Steelers. They're not no. the Bears defense. This is no. a team that we've seen, you know, allow, you know, yardage, allow uh, points. And, and yeah, for the offense to do what they did on Monday, it, it, it's embarrassing. It, it was embarrassing in the, in the sense that it's on Monday night. It's prime time. And, you know, we I, I remember making a joke to you uh, on last week's episode podcast when we we're making our picks when we were going through it and i realized the bears were playing monday night and i was like oh well forget it because they just never show up for primetime games it's just it's, it's as simple as that but to your point uh the offensive line david montgomery 14 carries for 48 yards that's honestly probably one of his better games average wise but there was one play that sticks out in my mind where you're talking about it was down at the goal line i think in the in the third or fourth quarter and they he ran the ball and <laughs> Montgomery took the handoff from the shotgun. And as he's taking it from there, he's instantly doing a spin move because he's he's just anticipating contact and he gets hit in the backfield and he's, he gets away. And it's just like, what is he supposed to do with that offensive line? And one question that I, I, I it's been brought up and and. You know the whole thing with with Brian with uh, with Greasy on uh, the Monday Night Crew talking about the whole you know Nick Foles telling ever you know telling him that Nagy calls a play and, and Foles doesn't want to you know he he knows it's not going to work because he knows he doesn't have time like that tells me that that this offense understands its weaknesses and and losing Cody Whitehair it sounds like he may be out for the Saints game so they're already down to a backup guard and a backup center. Uh, and and Rashad, Rashad Coward needs to not be in the game anymore. <laughs> like he just he's not good. He just doesn't add anything. And uh, even though I thought Aaron Donald was handled better than what he could have done, he still made a big impact in that game. But he still could have done a lot more damage. But one question I think you know I want to ask you, and and I'm not necessarily saying I agree with this, but I think it needs to be you know discussed. Should Mitch be playing right now with the O-line in the state that it is? Because what we're seeing and what we saw in a lot of plays last week uh, on, the, on the game Monday night was Foles had opportunities to connect on big throws. That uh, Darnell Mooney, the one where he does the double move on Jalen Ramsey. I mean, it, beautiful. That's wide open touchdown. But because full, and I know the internet was just like, oh my God, how did Foles miss that throw? Well, that wasn't on Foles. If, if you watch it again and you see the replay, you know that he just did not have time to mm-hmm. step into the throw and connect. So it's like, it, at, at what point do you need Mitch's athleticism to just make some plays happen? Because if, if Foles is going to be the pocket passer and you know that's what it takes for this offense to be successful, well, this offensive line is not going to give him the time he needs to get that done. So I'm not saying that Mitch or that Foles has played himself out as a starter. He wasn't bad. A lot of the stuff that he was was doing there, there were, of course, there were some bad throws, a couple interceptions. But I don't think he played himself into this into the sense where like, how can you put this guy in there every single week? I think it's just he just he can't execute the offense in the sense that Nagy needs him to. So at this point, it's kind of just like maybe Mitch needs to play while the offensive line is as banged up as it is. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think um, for me, the answer is still no. I don't want to see Mitch this season. But the fact that you ask that question, think about the, the way you're framing it. Like you're already subconsciously telling yourself that Matt Nagy cannot game plan with a different <laughs> quarterback. Yeah. Like if we understand the weaknesses and that we don't have five and seven step drop back time, every single player or like one or two times a series that doesn't click in your head as a play caller to say, Hey, let's set up some short and intermediate passes, some slant routes. Like I, I watched the Steelers. The Steelers have been one of my favorite teams to watch this year. And what they do a lot on third downs is just run crossing patterns. 
Deontay Johnson comes from the right and either uh, Chase Claypool or Juju Smith-Schuster comes from the left and they just cross each other. And if they're in man coverage, a lot of the times it's almost a natural pick play. If they're in zone, you make the inside linebackers or one of the inside guys and um, the, the corner kind of decide, hey, are we following? Are we, you know, you make them make a choice. And it's like, it doesn't seem like Nagy does that at all. He doesn't seem no. to have like that go, just like you've said this before, you don't have like the go-to thing to do. And that to me is just glaring. Like we see that this offensive line doesn't allow him to have time. Game plan around it. Drew Brees can't throw the ball five yards anymore. And that offense is still scoring points because Sean Payton knows how to get the playmakers the ball with space. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, why can't we, why can't that happen? Like, I get we don't have the best playmakers in the world, but Allen Robinson's a bona fide number one. He's top 10, top 15 in that range. You know what I mean? And the fact, what did he get? Three targets on Monday? Two or three targets? Four, four catches for 70 yards. Okay. So I was a little bit off, but regardless, I mean, you you feed him the ball more than that. You know, you continue yeah. to get Darnell Mooney out in space. You continue. I, I just don't understand how, you know, we're still asking these same questions and, and coming across a lot of these same things. And, and, and even to a point where it's like, we lost, like one of my notes was we lost the possession battle so bad, especially in the first, the second half, it wasn't as bad. We can't even get two or three first downs just to flip the field. Yeah. Like we're starting inside our own 10 and punting inside our own 10. Yeah. <laughs> like we're not even, I mean, we're not even getting close. Like that, that's the mark to me of a competent offense and a competent play caller is like, we are, we're not going to score every drive, but you have a drive that you can put together where you get two, three first downs, you get close to the 50, you flip the field, you have an elite defense. Now we have better field position when it's their time to punt. Maybe not against the Rams. you got a guy who can punt the ball 90 yards, but you get what I'm saying, just generally speaking, we can't do that. We didn't even set our team up to do that on Monday. I mean, it's – it's, but to, I, I know it went off on a little bit of a tangent, so my apologies, but I, I think just the way you phrase that question I think just shows – that Nagy is inept at, at calling plays. Yeah. yeah, well, I think I think if you're going to have those crossing patterns or just quick, any any sort of quick throw that just three steps back, throw it, then the guy that it should be going to is Anthony Miller. That and I know he was getting a little bit more usage uh, on Monday, but it, it's still clear to me that, that Darnell Mooney has his number. And, and honestly, I think for good reason. I mean... Jalen Ramsey is one of the best corners in this league, and and, he, oh and Rudy my God. made him silly. I mean, it that was, was there was two or three. There was yeah. at least two. There may have been three plays, if I'm remembering right, where he just burned him. Yeah, and and one question that that I, I I had while watching this game, and it was kind of you know we've talked about this for about uh you know three weeks now, ever since Foles took over as the starter, and or just took over in general with the Falcons, where it's like Foles clearly wants to run hurry up he mm -hmm. clearly does but for whatever reason matt Nagy does not we saw it in the first half or yeah this is the end of the first half where uh you know Nagy calls a timeout uh to get the play right they have a huge chunk play and they're running up to the line and, and matt Nagy calls a timeout with 12 seconds left on the play on the play clock and you're like what are you doing what is he doing and then on the next play, Foles gets sacked for – he takes like an eight-yard sack and then gets sacked again. <laughs> like it's just Nagy, to your point, he just gets in his own way so much just because he's overthinking everything. And he wants it to be perfect, but it's not going to be perfect in-game. And one thing I think that needs to be brought up, and you did, you did mention it, even if it's for a couple weeks – just try letting someone else call the plays. Because if Matt Nagy does that and, and, and then the offense doesn't improve and it doesn't look any better, then he can say, okay, it didn't work. It's not the play calling. We just need to execute it a little bit better. And, and fans are like, okay, we, you know what? You, find, you tried it. You gave, it's the same thing with Mitch. Try going to Foles. Just see what happens. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Then Nagy can take play calling back. But if it does work, then he gets to say, oh, well, look at the decision I made. Like, I, I chose to, to you know, give up play calling and, and you know, I, I'm doing what's best for the team. Because you can't honestly say, like, the, the defense in the third quarter, it, I mean, they were, they were calling quits. They were like, all right, fuck this. All right, we're, we're done. 
And you can't blame them because, like, what you were saying is that they would punt from inside the 10, and then the punt return would give them right at, like, the 45 every time. And you're just like, all right, what are we supposed to do? And they, to their credit, they only gave up 24 points with that happening. But, I mean, you, realistically, the defense still did have its issues. Like, Josh Reynolds should not be burning you and making plays left and right. A Cooper Cup or a Robert Woods should be beating you, which they didn't. But, yeah, I don't know. It was have just you, a mess, man. Have you ever noticed with the Bears, when is the last time, like, a premier player torched us? It's never that. It's always like... And I know who Josh Reynolds is. I'm a fantasy guy. You know, he's kind of, he's a p- pretty popular handcuff, or at least he was last year. So, but to the general, not, I guarantee you, just casual fans had no idea who he was. And those are the types of guys who kill us every single mm-hmm. time. It's never the Cooper Cup had 150 yards. You know, uh, Woods, Robert Woods had two touchdowns. It's never that. It's always just this random guy. <laughs> I, I never understand yeah. that. That's infuriating. Well, and, 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 you know, one thing else that I wanted to mention about the defense um, was that while they kept the Bears in the game for the most part, there were instances where they just – you just are sitting there like, what are you doing? And the flags are a huge issue. That needs yeah. to change fast because – while we were talking about last week, like how can you flag Fuller for this and 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 that and Eddie Jackson and blah blah blah, there were just some dumb penalties in this game. And I mean, e- even if it's too close to call, you just can't be that close. With I mean, Akeem Hicks was just killing the Bears on defense. I, and granted, the, the flags were a little tic tac, and the the refs had some more than questionable calls. Um, obviously, you know, and I, yeah, uh, you know how I feel, and I know how you feel about the whole. Uh, the whole stoppage that led to the the rushing touchdown um, in in the third quarter, um, but to Sean Gibson, for example, what are you doing? Why are you batting the ball down? Grab the ball, pick it off, and take it back to the house for a touchdown, and you're right back in the game. I mean, he was I, scared. I just, he, was I scared a, he was scared of he was scared of the ball. Doing. He yeah. looked like a t baller that got hit his first ground ball. He was petrified. Like, I I have no idea what, like, if you make a play on the ball and your hands aren't good enough to get it, so be it. He literally jumped up and (laughs) swatted it. Yeah. And, and I just, I couldn't believe it. Like you, because then you get the shot from behind him and you're like, it's literally just wide open field. There's no way he doesn't score if he catches that. And it puts them right back in the game. So it's just like, where is the discipline on this defense that we come to expect? from in the last couple of years. I, I get it. They, they were doing a, a majority of the work. When are they not? It's the same. This is the same bears team we've seen for the last 25 years. Yeah. Like, well, you know just... what? The, the, the flags were one thing. I was more concerned with the missed tackles and oh, the run God. defense being as bad as it was. Jesus Christ. Because just like you said, penalties, some of them are tic tac. You're going to get called for, Fine. That that's there. There were some bad calls. There were some good ones. There were in between. Whatever. We're not talking about a gas defense here. We're talking about in the first half. Roquan yeah. Smith and Danny Trevathan are missing tackles. That and and you know we're used to the Erlackers, the Briggs that that are going to hit you hard and wrap you up and not miss very many tackles. That this has been kind of a constant. And, and this is why I'm bringing it up now because to my earlier points in weeks past. Weeks two, three, you're getting, you know, still getting your feet under you. You're getting everything. We're mid, almost midway through the year. That's not an excuse anymore. Like, it's this is still happening where we're not wrapping up at all. Like, you're, you're trying to get the big hit. You're, you're out of position. I, I, I mean, it's, yeah, that was very, very concerning the way that they were able to run the ball. I wonder if, so to your point where, you know, you're saying they're trying to make the big hit. They're, they're trying to strip the ball away. They're not wrapping up. They're trying to make plays on the balls. Um I wonder if that just has something to do with the offense and them just understanding, like, we need to make a play to get us in this game. And and that's one of the things that, that you know, we've obviously seen a decline since the 2018 defense was what they were, what made them special was the ability to turn the ball over and give the offense a short field. The problem with this 
the, the last couple of years for this defense is they're still good. They're still very good. Top 10, top five, whatever you want to call them. But they're, they're, they're just giving with the idea of the bend don't break. That's fine. But the problem is, is that you're not, you're never going to give an anemic offense short field by letting them get to the 30 and kicking a field goal or letting them get to the 40 or the 50 and punting down into the 10. You're not going to help your offense doing that. Yep. If this offense could generate anything, this game is a different story. Yeah. It's not well, like I think the, the, the Rams were not doing anything special. It's just the Bears offensive line was fucking terrible. And Leonard Floyd apparently decided to have his one good game in the next, I don't know, six or seven probably. Rams yeah, fans yeah. left. No. Um, but one point that I wanted to make, what I just said, you, you're punting down into the 10. I mean, do, what was the point of, of even putting Ted Ginn on the field? I mean, he's, if you're not, not going to catch anything, and, and Matt Nagy said it, at the end of the first half, uh, the Bears had a timeout to use, right? And, and they could have forced the Rams to punt and at least try a play at the end of the half. And he was just like, nah, forget it. And at the end of the game, he was asked that, and he said, well, we didn't catch a punt the entire game. Well, why? If, 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 if that was the game plan, Why? And if that was not the game plan, why was Ted Ginn still being asked to go out there? Why was Cordero Patterson not back there? Why was Javon Wims not back there? Anthony, uh, Anthony Miller's Miller. return punts. Yeah, I mean, what I don't understand, though, with that rationale is you're correct. We did not return punts that game. But then with that, with the situation being that, why don't you pull Ted Ginn to the side and say, hey, buckaroo, I don't give a fuck where this ball lands. Catch it and run. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's, it's, coach, it's do it. literally all you have to do. And, and if he's not going to do it, if he's afraid to catch the ball, get him out of the game. What, literally, what's the point of, of him being on the field? Yeah. I mean, he's letting balls drop in the 10-yard line, and then they're, they're, the Rams are catching it at the two or the three. Well, like, there, were, there was so, – so this is my thing. The very first punt, he had some green between him, but I get it. It's inside the 10, fine. But after you saw the way that this man was able to say, get that type of spin on the ball – for his team to catch up and, like you said, get the ball inside the five. After that, I take no chance. If there's Greenfield in between me and uh, the the Gunners, I'm catching that and I'm trying to get positive yardage or at least fair catching it and getting it at the 10 or the 15. Yeah. Like he just let it bounce every single time after you saw how good this punter was. Yeah. It, you know it, what I mean? And, and, and made... I think that's the part that was infuriating is like, Again, that first punt, maybe don't know how good the punter is or just whatever. Once you have evidence that this guy can do this, you don't do that anymore. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? right. Yeah. And and that was the thing. It was just like it was it just made no sense why he wasn't even attempting to catch it. You have the fair catch in your pocket. If you're afraid to get hit for whatever if you if you're well, first of all, if you're afraid to get hit, you probably shouldn't be playing football. But if you're afraid to get hit on the punt return, because guys are flying at you at, at right. you know at, at high speed. But that's what the fair catch is for. If you catch, if you signal for the fair catch and catch it at the ten, that's a lot better than than running away from the ball and letting it bounce and it hit the one where your offense is backed up. Because the, this this offense, the offensive line is not built to give Foles time to throw the ball. Yeah, it, that's where that play happened, where where Mooney did the double move and was wide open for a touchdown. But because Foles couldn't get, he he had to rush it because he he's in uh, the the danger of getting safety. Like yeah. I understand the Bears signed, you know, Bears signed a new punt returner, Dwayne Harris, who who played a lot of years for the Cowboys. Uh, I think he was on the Giants as well. Um, so it, it sounds like Ted Ginn's responsibilities as the as the punt returner are over. I'm not sure why they didn't just cut him, just let him go, uh, because then you can at least get Riley Ridley at least an attempt on the field. At this point, why not? I mean, Javon Wims has offered you nothing, right? He hasn't done anything that's warranted a roster spot. So at least try the fourth round pick that you spent a pick on. Um, last thing I'll say for the Bears, uh, and then we'll kind of, and then we can get to our picks unless you wanted to make any points. Um, is just over Demetrius Harris. I, I'm done. I, I don't understand what Harris adds to this offense. He can't block. He can't catch. He yeah. gets flagged for every single thing. He was the reason that the wasn't he the reason that the false start happened uh, yeah. on the fourth and one? Wasn't it yeah. him? Yeah, yep. like <laughs> he adds no value. Get him off the field. Cole yeah, Komet. That was one of my there. notes. But even that, why did Cole Komet disappear? 
I mean, he makes the huge catch, right? Longest play of the Bears season so far. Makes another great catch on the same drive and then is not heard from again. It, it, it just, you know, and then and then you get the, the pick in the end zone, the first pick uh, that, that falls through. And he's throwing it to like, I think it was Anthony Miller in the back, back of the I end think, zone. Yeah, it was Anthony Shortest Miller. guy in the field. And Cole and Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham are not even on the field. But but they sign nine tight ends because tight ends are apparently so valuable. But near the red zone, in like the five yard line, no tight ends on the field. It just it blows my mind some of the things that Matt Nagy does, and it just you're right. Play calling needs to change. I'm I'm here yeah, for it. Yeah. Let's get get someone else in there. So I have I just have a couple of questions before we get into Go our. Ahead. Let's our game it. picks. I, I want to revert back a little bit to the comments that they said on, on the broadcast about Nick Foles and him, you know, plays getting and him not having time. Did you take that as more of a, and whether or not he actually said it that way, let's preface and say that that's exactly what he told the commentators. Yeah. Did you take that more of a dig at the offensive line or at Matt Nagy? I took it initially like, this fucking Nagy, he he knows he's his play calling sucks, and he told the commentators. That, but then the more I thought about it, the day after, I was like, I think he was talking about the offensive line. But then I've been kind of 50-50, and I was like, maybe it's both. How did you take that those that comment? It's weird because it was one of those things where like I I I heard it in game, and I kind of just brushed it off. I didn't really think too much about it because uh, I was almost I was pretty much checked out when when he started saying that. I don't know why if if the if Greasy had that in his back pocket. Why did that not come up earlier in the game? Like he waited until the game was effectively over before he even mentions that. But I was kind of like, I, I I heard it and I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. But then on Twitter, I'm seeing like, whoa, that made me sit up and take notice. And I, I listened to it like five times and I was kind of just like, I, I didn't have a problem with it. Like I didn't, I didn't listen to it as like a shot at Nagy. I thought of it maybe more of a shot at the offensive line, but not even a shot. He was simply just saying, like, the play calls I get, I know aren't going to work because the offensive line, it, it, we just won't have time to make that work. It just sounded more – I feel like it got blown up way more than it needed to, and it sounds like you kind of leveled back out uh, in, in your thinking. But how did you take it? Well, no. when it, right when, So I was still – so. I understand why you were more mellow from the beginning if you already checked out. I was not checked out yet. I was just like, fucking Nagy, suck. And when he said that, and I was like, look, see, even Foles knows it. So I was still, like, heated. But then, what? yeah, I kind of mellowed out after that, um, you know, the day after or whatever, once, once you kind of got it to sit with that. I have another question. Once um, Eddie Pinheiro is ready, we don't get. We don't just toss Sant- Santos is the guy now, right? I mean, he's looked good this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, hopefully it will matter more down the road once the offense can start generating. Right, points. I know kickers. Kickers is like the yeah. last thing, but I'm just saying that that was one of the notes yeah. that I had because he. No, no, no. I, really good. Yeah, I, I'm not sure why. I, I'm not sure Pinheiro did anything last year that was like, all right, he's the kicker. I, I thought he was the kicker based off of what we saw and just were like, okay, we just need an NFL caliber kicker. And apparently that's Cody Parkey this year because apparently he's just nails for the Browns, but whatever. Uh, fuck him. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be mad if they're just like, uh, no, we're just going to stick with Santos. There's no reason to make a change. Cause it's not like he's been terrible. He's, he's made some kicks. He's, you know, he's been fine. For sure. So I want to leave. This is my last point. If you want to comment on it, um, by all means, but I do, because I, before we recorded, I, I let you know that there's one bit of optimism or maybe hope that I have, uh, moving forward. And it revolves around Nick Foles and his, maybe his criticism of Nagy or just his ability to kind of relay to him what he wants to do correctly. After I kind of sat and thought more about the comments that he made to, to Greasy and, and, and that they're commentating to, um, on ESPN, that's what gave me hope. Because the one thing, and it also, I kind of coupled that with his argument that he had or heated debate or whatever that was about getting the offense going faster and doing no huddle and hurry up. I think we finally have someone that can challenge Nagy. And he yeah. hasn't been used to that. Like he, like Mitch was just like, okay, that's the play. Dur, dur, let me just do. <laughs> and like, because of that, 
Nagy just continued to do things because Mitch was just going to go along with it. And there was never, hey, I don't really like that. I don't really like this. Can we do more of this? Can we do more of that? Like, I think Nick Foles, at the very least, has the ability, even if he doesn't pan out as a good quarterback for us, to let Nagy see through the eyes of a quarterback running this system, which I don't think he had that with Mitch. Mitch just, like, was his puppet and went along with everything. You know, like, you think about all the times we've heard about how uh, cradled and coddled that he was in this offense and in, with this team. And, like, they, he never had the ability to, like, break out of that that shell yeah. because I don't think he had – I'm not saying it's because they coddled him. I'm saying because he just didn't have that ability and they knew that and that's why they coddled him. So when I think of Nick Foles, like, telling him, hey, like, I don't have time to, to make these throws. I, you know what I mean? Like, we need to hurry up. We need to get more in rhythm. If he's going to continue to call plays, I think that is good – criticism and good feedback for him because he yeah. has someone that knows what he's seeing in NFL defenses. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and to that point, yes, I think, I think Foles veteran, uh, a status, um, will only benefit them moving high forward. IQ and, and Jim, <laughs> Ritty, Jim rat, uh, last, first first guy one in. last one out. uh, no, I, I think him being a veteran will, will, Definitely help him. And, and that's kind of why I, I just don't see them going back to Mitch at this point. Uh, just because y- you want to establish this offense with Foles. You want it to continue to grow. But, I mean, we've just seen this time and time again. It looks like things are starting to get on track. And then they have just one terrible game where you're just like, my God, what the, what the fuck did I just watch? The problem is, is that if Foles is not the answer, which I think you and I both agree that he, he's just not. But Matt Nagy's going to get another quarterback. He's going to draft a rookie quarterback who's not going to tell, who's not going to argue. It's going to be the same thing with Mitch over again, where you're just yeah. not going to have that pushback. But the problem is, is that Matt Nagy's main two goals, uh, three goals. He had three goals when he was hired to be the Bears in, in 2018, heading into the 2018 season. Number one, make Mitch Trubisky a good quarterback. Number two, make this a consistent, high-scoring offense. And number three, bring some respectability back to the Bears and establish a good culture. He has done one of those three things. The culture, great. Guys haven't given up on anybody. You still don't see that, which I'm very impressed with. But he has not made this offense a consistent high-scoring offense, and he has not fixed the quarterback position at all. And one of the problems is, is that, you know, one of the hopes was that when they made the quarterback switch was to Foles was, Okay, are the offensive issues quarterback-centric? The answer to that is is no. Foles has not been – he has not been able to make this offense operate more efficiently and score more points. It's just – that's just fact. He looks better in it. He looks like he can execute different plays at a higher capacity. But this offense isn't scoring 30 points a game. So – it's it's now you're starting to question the scheme and Matt Nagy is known to love his scheme. He loves the scheme that he runs. He doesn't want to change it. We know that. Can you continue on with this guy for two to three more years? It give him an opportunity to get his quarterback. If the quarterback isn't the issue, this, the, the offensive line is bad. The, the running backs have no time. He has one running back on the roster right now. And that's due to injury, sure. But you, he just doesn't—he doesn't care because he'll use Cordell. Cordero Patterson is being used and forced into the offense the same way that Devin Hester was forced into the offense by Mike Barnes. It's—it's the same thing. We're watching the same exact thing. Yeah. And he has talented receivers. He really does. But he does not know how to get them the ball. I, it's just as simple as that. And and I, I if the Bears make sweeping changes. I will not be mad if, if pace is gone, if, if I, I, I know what you're kind of, I know what you may say. And like, you know, we're kind of seeing it in Dallas where it's just like the grass is not always greener on the other yeah. side. But the problem is, is that we've seen this bears team a hundred times. I know, I know. <laughs> we we've seen this before. It's a high, it's a high level defense with an inept offense and bad quarterback play. And the problem is, is that you're not going to get those changes. There's no quick fixes when you're spending all of the money on the defense like Ryan Pace has. And you're not going to have those high draft picks because you're too good. You're not yeah. going to be, you're, you're, you're in that middle. 
And um, one of the points that I made to you, and, and we'll kind of, you know, I'll, I'll send it back to you and we'll kind of, you know, see if you want to continue this, this point on, was simply that because we've seen this Bears team so much, I have already decided that they've hit their ceiling. This team, this offense, the defense, they are as good as they are going to get. I, I don't see any marginal improvement in the sense that, wow, they're going to turn things around and they can beat the Chiefs. They can beat the Ravens. You know, they can beat uh, the, they can beat a, just a Super Bowl caliber team. They can beat the Packers or the Buccaneers, which they did, granted, but I, I don't see it. I, I just yeah. I think they've hit their limit. I, but you know I, what? You, I, I think... I think you furthered my one of my points. I think it was last week or the week before, or, or maybe it was after the Colts game, of that that's what gets, gets frustrating about this team is that we're not bad enough to get, you know, a quarterback in the top 10 because this offense, I, maybe, I worded it wrong then. I, what I said then was this offense is good enough to beat bad teams or mediocre teams. This team is good enough to beat bad or mediocre teams because the defense really starts to plug – for, for the offense's, you know, uh, holes. The offense isn't good enough to beat anybody, good or bad. It, yeah. it takes a lot from the offense and field position and such. But that's that's the whole thing is like to you, you, you furthered that in saying this is their cap. I never thought about it like, shit, we may just be capped out. We may be at capacity. I just thought like as it stands right now. But, I mean, you're right. I mean, you think of the last two years, we haven't even marginally improved on any side of the ball. The defense no. is getting worse and worse, which happens with the group on defense. They're never going to stay – Changes happen so much every year that they're never going to be top five for 10 straight. It's going to be, you have a small window with defenses and we're kind of letting it wither away, you know? And, and that's the frustrating part is that this team, just like you said, we've seen this team since I was a, a, a kid. I, I mean, like think, think about the offensive talent since we were younger when you think of your favorite players, I guarantee you, you don't you don't even start thinking offense until you get to like eight or nine. Right. When you start thinking of favorite players since you started being a Bears fan, right. you immediately go to like Tommy Harris, Brian Urlacher, Peanut. Uh, Lance Briggs, Peanut Tillman. I mean, you can even throw in like a Nathan Vasher, Mike, Mike Brown. Brown. I mean, you can get deep with defense. You go offense and you're like, yeah, I mean like Forte, Cutler, and fucking Marshall. Who else have we had? <laughs> like we, I mean, oh yeah. I mean, it's it's there, there, there's more to come. You know, we, there, there's still a lot of season left, and that's why I kind of want to leave with my final thought again. The hope is is that with a veteran being able to diagnose things and tell Nagy that you're just wrong, like your play calling is wrong. I hope that gets him to open his eyes, or he just flat out gives up the play calling because yeah. he he did he did say that that's one thing that he does look at, and it's not what they're going to do right now. Yeah. My only and and we we can't answer this question, but the open ended question is is like, when is that time going to be? Yeah. When is yeah. that time then? Like, what do you need to see for it to be time for you to hand this over for a couple of games to Bill Lazers? So you can kind of look at it through a different lens. Yeah, I was surprised to hear hear him say he's even. That's the first thing he looks at. I was surprised to hear that because at least he's admitting like there may be an issue here, and I think that's a positive step. But what I wasn't surprised to hear, and this is my last point, was him saying, well, the running game's not where we want it to be. It needs to be better. Yeah, you could attribute that quote to literally any game he's called. It, it just, it, it's, it's, it's absurd. I, I, I just think we've hit the, the, the offensive and, and just the team ceiling overall. Like, they're just, they're not going to be the high-level teams. It's without, just not going to be. Without, without thinking, and then we'll get into our picks, I just need you to answer this question. Don't think right. twice. The first answer that comes to your head. What? Close your eyes, too, so you just it simmers in. They're close. <laughs> what is a worse quote? When Mark Trestman said we had a great week of practice or when Matt Nagy said we need to run the ball more? We need to run the ball more. <laughs> because, because listen, listen, Mark Trestman, for as goofy as he was, he got results, goddammit. He scored. No, he did. Points. That offense, he, they he, lit the world he, on fire, especially in just, year one. He had the worst defense he could have had. But I'm not going to say they would have won the Super Bowl because he's just a fucking weird dude. But 
hey man, they scored some points, and, and like you can't argue that. But Will uh, Emery arguably was the worst GM we ever had, though. He hey was man, he got a like, style for it. All right, take it easy. He did, but he gave Pernell <laughs> McPhee like a sixty million dollar contract, and he only had a half a knee. <laughs> oh God, damn it! Here we are, Frank. Just Why can't we nope. have nice things? And here's the thing. Because I know a few of you guys fucking listen to this. If you made it this far, first of all, thank you for listening. Second of all, cry me a fucking river, Packers fans. No, oh, I know. We don't sign anybody. <laughs> we, don't, we don't make trades midseason. You know what? Fuck you. You don't have to deal with what we have to deal with for the past 40 fucking years. We have Craig Krenzel, fucking Jim Miller, Cordell Stewart. I mean, come on. You guys have I two saw, of the best quarterbacks I'm, of all time. Back I'm, to back. I'm, on the YouTube video, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a marker. I'm gonna I'm gonna write it down right now. Let's see. Uh, what's the timestamp here? All right, 40 minutes. This is this is where you want to tune in if you don't want to hear any any Bears commentary. Um, <laughs> because it, like we said, are the, the episodes that they that they or when the Bears lose, the episodes will be longer. It's just that's just how it's gonna be. I know. Uh, I know. But the the Packers fans. Who just love to give the Bears shit for every? It, it's it's just I'm, I I saw a tweet and it was great. It just said I'm tired of being of having to see that stupid fucking graphic. Oh, here's how many Bears starters they've had over the last hundred years. And it's just like we get it, all right. But the, the, what I don't understand <laughs> is in the same way that we you know how we said we kind of made the joke like Russell Wilson in years past would throw for 400 yards, four touchdowns, the final score 16 to 12. We've had the same couple of quarterbacks for the last few years, but that number grows by 10 every time we play on Monday night. When Jay Cutler was the quarterback, they're like, they've had 23. The number was like, (laughs) the number was 41. I was like, it was 20-something when Jay was the quarterback. We've had 14 quarterbacks (laughs) since Jay. It's it's. So it's I don't just, know. I don't know if they just like keep bringing the years back to make the number bigger. There's no fucking way we've had 14. I I, I vividly remember when Jay Cutler his first year. They're like, so this is the guy that's gonna put a stop. It's been 28 quarterbacks, and they reel down the Craig Krenzels <laughs> and and uh, all of those fucking guys. And say, all right, this is the guy, and he was the quarterback for what eight years, nine years, and then in comes you had Glenn in front, but then Mitch for the last three years. But then I swear, didn't they say 40 quarterbacks? I'm like, we have Something. not had 19 more quarterbacks between Jay Cutler. Listen, and- when when uh, when when Sam Darnold comes in to save the day for a fourth round pick, no one's gonna you know, be. Wild. You know what though? No, no, no. But uh, in, in all honesty, we're gonna have to have that conversation at the end of the year when we because I do I have how to that get a good quarterback. <laughs> well, no, 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 not how to get a good quarterback, but like what is gonna be the route? Because we're not gonna unless we're thinking of like trading Khalil Mack to get into that. We we're not gonna get a top ten pick. Yeah, I, I, we don't have the draft capital to trade back in. So it's like, it, 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 here's the thing: the way we did it with the kickers. Get Rosen, get fucking Darnold, <laughs> get Jameis Winston. Get Haskins. Get, get Haskins. Get them all in and make them complete 40-yard completions all just, fucking training camp. Or just sign Dak Prescott for 40 million a year. I'll be happy. I, with I mean, well, I'm there for that, too. But Let's, I just uh, don't, the, way that, the way that Nagy handled that kicking competition, if we can make like a reality show of quarterbacks <laughs> – that throw Mitch in there too. Sign Mitch to a one-year, five million dollar deal, and throw him in that. Yeah, let, let let him give a shot. Uh, but but uh, all right, that's enough Bears talk. I, I'm I'm already heated again. I was so this this was just I was so mad. I was literally shaking with rage that night. But <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. It's over. It's over. On to the next week. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into our picks here. Um, starting off with Thursday night, Atlanta at Carolina. Uh, Frank, this seems to be a pretty easy easy pick for both of us, I assume. Um, I'm going Carolina. How about you? I'm going Carolina as well. Yeah, Atlanta's fucking done. They're, they, you can't lose to the Lions. <laughs> well, and um, McCaffrey might, may be back on Thursday as well. Yeah, it's over. Uh, Minnesota at Green Bay. Uh, Frank, I'm going Green Bay. Uh, no doubt about this one. Yeah, I mean, come on. Green Bay's Green Bay's going to win by a couple scores there, I think, even though it's a division game. The Vikings are terrible. They're, I mean, I'm, I'm stunned that they're as bad as they are. And they may be in, they may be in tank mode. And they may finish, well, they are. they're probably going to finish last in the division. Yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, then we got Tennessee at Cincinnati. Tennessee finally came back down to earth against an actual good opponent. Um, I'm, with that being said, they're not facing a good opponent this week. 
I'm going Tennessee. How about you, Frank? I'm going Tennessee as well, but that's a sneaky good game right there. I mean, the Bengals have been in every game. And again, that's how bad teams, not bad, that's how young developing teams need to to lose. T. Show Higgins. that you got some talent, let T. Higgins go off, let Burrow go off, but still get a top three or four pick to get more talent. I mean, they're going to be good in a year or two. But yeah, I got the Titans. <laughs> and obviously the lock for the week. Uh, don't even bother betting on this game because the, the prices are ridiculous. But Jets at Kansas City. <laughs> I'm going with the, with the Chiefs in this one. I mean, the line. This is a fucking college line. Negative yeah. nineteen and a half right now. Yeah. For the Chiefs, I would throw some money on the Jets. That's what I was saying, man. Like, go throw five bucks on the to Jets. Cover, yeah, to cover that, to right? Cover I mean, they can't the lose by tw- they can't lose by fucking twenty, can they? They almost won last week against the Bills. I mean, They're, the Bills are concerning. I have Josh Allen everywhere. I'm nervous. Yeah, you should be. Uh, Indian, uh, I'm assuming you're taking the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going Chiefs. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted but to money line, but money line, I would put some money on the Jets. No, I, I may, I may have. Nineteen and a half. Come on, yeah. they're begging Indy, you for money on the Jets. Indy at Detroit, coming off the bye week for for the Colts. I, I'm going with the Colts in in, uh, in Detroit. How about you? I'm going with my upset of the week here, man. I'm going Lions. I'm going Lions over Colts. I can't even argue that because Philip Rivers is. He's garbage, hot garbage. Um, but the Colts are getting healthy. Michael Pittman's coming back. He's already pri- he's uh, practicing. Is he back this week? That's good. I haven't. Been I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's going to fire him up. I don't know if he's going to be back, but um, but he he's practicing, so we'll see. Um, then the game of the week, in my opinion, I don't know how this is not a flex to Sunday night. Uh, Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Um, I'm going with the undefeated Steelers here. How about you, Frank? I'm going with the Steelers as well. I think uh, what I've seen from the Ravens this year, granted, they're still 5-1 and one and they're finding ways to win, but they just do not look like the same team. And the Steelers are firing on all cylinders right now. So I, I'm, I think they stay hot. Uh, the Rams at Miami. Uh, this one's interesting because it's to a tongue of Iloa. I forgot how to say it, but I just remembered. It's tongue of Iloa. Tongue of Iloa. Yeah, it just sounds fucking awesome. Uh, that's his first start. And he's going up against his reward is going up against uh, Aaron Donald. Um, and, and our guy, Adam Shaheen, it should be mentioned. He just got a two year contract extension with the Dolphins because he's been, he's been on fire. Uh, he's taken Mike Jasicki's role as the number one tight end in Miami. Bring on the Shaheen. Uh, with that being said, I'm going, I'm going at the Rams. How about you, Frank? Yeah, I'm going with the Rams as well. I don't think they did to uh, any sort of favors, uh, starting him against uh, against and, and granted, we did say that the Rams don't have the greatest defense, but that front seven is very good. So I will say yeah. though, if if Miami upsets, kind of like Week One, I, I wouldn't be that surprised. I mean, they were they were playing well with Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is why I was surprised that they made the move. But I mean, you know, West Coast team traveling to the East Coast that that always yeah. has some impact. Well, I mean, to it. This isn't the Jets versus the Chiefs here. If the yeah. Dolphins win this game, I certainly wouldn't be surprised. They're a live dog in this. I just think for a rookie's first start, that's a tough front seven to go against. Yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, New England at Buffalo, the sliding Patriots. Um, I'm, I'm taking the Bills at home, Frank. How about you? I'm going Bills at home as well. Yeah, I mean, that, that offense they got cooking there. In New England, you guys, is it you guys uh, you Bears fans still want Cam Newton by any chance? Andy Dalton, maybe? Yeah? No? Maybe you should shut the fuck up. Let Ryan Pace do his fucking job. All right? Cam has looked Dude. awful. I mean, he... Dude. He looks... I mean, he looked like... Forget the numbers aside. Just the way he looked... The eye test is telling me he's just no... And this is what I saw last year when he was healthy. The year before that when he was healthy. And then he starts to get banged up throughout the year. Because he's... I mean, he runs the ball like fucking 15 times a game. It's not his fault all the time. I'm watching some of these games... They draw up quarterback draws for him, and he just, you know, he's following the play. But it's like, you guys have to give this guy a break. He gets hit so fucking hard. Yeah, and, and we make fun of the Packers for their inability to draft or sign receivers, but uh, at least they have Devontae Adams. The Patriots' best receiver is a guy who's three foot two and took and took steroids to get there. And, so. can't, and can't catch anything. No, no, he, he can't. Cam cannot move. I, I, the Patriots, I, I mean, I, I, they're going to have to draft a quarterback. Like, I don't know. It's going to get ugly before it gets better, but um, yeah, I'm going bills at home. Uh, then we got San Francisco at Seattle in an interesting matchup. Um, I know this is one of the later games, but uh, I'm going to go with Seattle in this one. 
uh, that offense just looks looks hard to beat. And the upset, and, you know, they got upset versus Arizona, which was a highly entertaining game. I mean, I I, I don't think I I don't think Tyler Lockett will do that again. But I mean, like, I mean, that was an insane. But the thing about the 49ers was that was just such a vintage 49ers win with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback where he doesn't do anything, but they still win by like 14 touchdowns. It's yeah. Just, well, and I, I think they're going to try and execute that same sort of game. I, I, I do look at this as more of a lower scoring game, especially comparative to the other Seahawks. Yeah. I mean, Shanahan is really going to uh, try to control the clock here and limit the amount of possessions that the Seahawks get. So I, I, I can see this being like a closer than it's supposed to be like 17-14 type of game that the Seahawks win. But they've shown us in the past that they can win those. They're, they're not just like a high-rolling offense, and if you yeah. shut that down, they're done. So I think they win in, in, in that type of fashion against the Niners. And their defense is really bad, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. You know uh, what I do? But you know what that reminded me of, though? Because <clears throat> we already got past the Chiefs game. There was a point that I wanted to make with the Bears. People who are still not giving Matt Nagy, like, shit or, like, thinking he still could be a good player. Like, oh, well, look at the weapons that we have. Dude, Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson for the Chiefs <laughs> get catches, wide open catches every single week. And it's the same thing. Like, David Moore has been on the Seahawks for like 13 fucking years. <laughs> He's not on any fantasy teams. No one ever starts him, but he just makes plays. It Like, because they have competent coaching. You know what I mean? Like, that was my point. And I think the Seahawks, they, they, the, the fact that they can win in multiple fashions reminded me of that. <clears throat> good point. Then we got the the Raiders at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, o- Odell Beckham out for the year with a uh, torn ACL. Uh, the the, ran- the the Browns are having, starting to have their own injuries. So with that being said, uh, I know they didn't look great at home, but I'm going to go with the Raiders on the road. I think this is just going to be one of those games where Baker just looks like ass again, but he's not going to be able to recover. Uh, so I'm going Raiders. How about you? Yeah, I'm sticking to my guns here. I was right last week. I'm going to be right again this week. Cleveland had a good game last week, so they are going to have a bad game this week, and the Raiders are going to beat them. That was the worst quarter of football I've ever seen played by by a top quarterback draft pick. I mean, that was fucking bad. Um, Chargers at Denver. Uh, Justin Herbert, man, I I could not be happier. I I traded for him in the Dynasty League. I know I got a ton of shit for it, uh, but it seems to have paid off pretty well. Uh, He just looks like, I mean... I mean, he looks like the best quarterback right now in this draft class. We'll see what Tua does. But, yeah, man, I, I love Herbert. I'm going to go with the Chargers offense, and uh, I'm going to expect them to win, especially because Denver's offense can't do shit, apparently. How about you, Frankie? Yeah, they look they look really, really bad. Um, I'm, I, I feel the same exact way. I think <clears throat> we're even starting to see, like, Keenan Allen run routes that he didn't really – he wasn't able to with Philip Rivers because <laughs> he didn't have an arm for it. But, like yeah. – and we know the talent that Keenan Allen has, but – just to see that be unlocked even more. I mean, he's only, I think, 26 or 27. It, it, I mean, fuck, that may be a really sneaky duo for the next four, five, six, seven years. I mean, they, yeah, they're fun to watch. That offense is really fun to watch, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm i excited for Herbert. Um, then we got, uh, unfortunately, the Bears are back in action. Uh, New Orleans at, at Chicago, they're coming here. Um Frank, I'm going New Orleans. I, I I could not rationalize how the Bears win this game. The the Saints have started to pick it up a little bit here. They're, they're starting to look a little bit better, a little bit more like themselves. Um, it seems the offense has really kind of adjusted to what Drew Brees needs to be able to do to be successful. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Saints. What about you? You taking the Bears in this one? No. I mean, it's just like you said, it's really hard. Even as a fan, you know, how can you look at this game objectively and think that the Bears win this. Now, if they do, it's one of those things, like, they still have a live dog, we have a good defense, but it's like what they've shown us against the elite teams has been that we fall short pretty much every time. And I don't anticipate us being able to make this a dog fight because we can't stop the run, and they have arguably the best running back in football right now. I mean, Alvin Kamara can do – he may have, like, 250 all-purpose yards against us because he doesn't do the air and on the ground. Yeah, I remember asking you during the game, why do teams bother – passing the ball on, on, on the Bears defense. Why not just continuously run it? I mean, I, I am concerned about, and something you talked about, I am concerned about the inability to tackle Alvin Kamara. 
of I, the I am too. I, I just I, I don't see how they stop him. I mean, I know it sounds like Michael Thomas may be out. Uh, I don't know about the status of Emmanuel Sanders right now either. Um, so, I mean, the Saints could be going into this with Deontay Harris, uh, Traquan Smith, and and Marquez, Marquez Callaway, Callaway the top receiver. So that that bodes well. That could bode well for the secondary. But I just I don't see how this offense is going to look better. With the offensive line the way it is, if Cody Whitehair is truly out for this game, which it sounds like it's it's more than likely going to happen, I I just don't see how this 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 offense scores points. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Saints. Hopefully I'm wrong, but I'm going with the Saints. Um, sounds like you are as well. So uh, Dallas at Philadelphia is the Sunday night game, and I, I don't understand how this game did not get flexed out. Um, with that being said. I'm going Philadelphia simply because the the Eagles have a quarterback and <laughs> the Cowboys may not um, with uh, with Dalton possibly being out for the game. So, um, yeah, I'm going Philadelphia. How about you, Frank? Everyone who knows me knows that everyone that knows me thinks I'm Italian. And if you don't think Danucci's going to come into this fucking game, throw his salami on the table and say, boys, we're playoff bound here. No, I, I mean, the Eagles are going to steamroll them. I, I, I don't. I that's don't good. See. That's good. That's good. I mean, I thought you were Italian for like the first like three years that I knew you. Yeah. Even yeah. when you kept saying, I'm Mexican, I'm Mexican. I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> Just admit it. I just didn't yeah. believe it. No, I, yeah. I mean, he, he's a seventh round pick for a reason. That, that kid, I mean, he has one of the weirdest throwing motions I've ever <laughs> seen. Like, the and granted, the first throw was really good. It was to a wide open Amari Cooper, but I was just like, there's no way he really throws the ball like that. He like cocks it back. I mean, I've not, he looked like a right-handed Tim Tebow. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And uh, it's unfortunate because CD lamb needs to show up for me this week and in, in dynasty. And I, I don't know if he will, because he just, he just <laughs> won't get the ball enough. If only there was a quarterback out there who, who could still probably play and throw the ball around a little bit and uh, you know, didn't get blackballed from the league for an absolutely ridiculous reason. If only there was a quarterback like that, a former all pro quarterback, MVP candidate, uh, pro bowler to it's a shame. They can't find that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Zeke has no chance behind the offensive line that might be worse than the bears. If I'm being honest with you, I mean, I know it's, uh... <laughs> it's going to be bad. Uh, with that being said, is Alshon Jeffrey, does he still play in the NFL? Dude, he's been questionable for like three years now and still doesn't play. <laughs> oh, man. He just collects those checks, man. And he's just like, fuck it. Doesn't oh, matter. I won the Super Bowl. I'm good. Uh, then uh, the Monday night game. Uh, this one's pretty easy for me. Uh, Tampa Bay at at the Giants. Uh, I'm going Tampa Bay because, man, the Giants are fucking bad. I mean, we, we talk about how bad the Bears offense is, but oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's, yeah. uh, that's something else. That, well, that, that's the shame is that we don't have the worst offense in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, Daniel Jones is are... trying to throw the ball, but he just he just has nowhere to go. He has no time to throw the ball, and he has bad running backs. And, and um, but every time he gets sacked, he fumbles the ball. Yeah, he, it's, does, it's... he never there. There's literally has, there has not been one sack that I've seen, whether it's like red zone or if they're actually on TV. And it's never like I'm like really tuned in because it's the fucking Giants and they're bad. But yeah. I'm just like eating something and I look up and like he just gets sacked and the balls on the floor. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck is going on right now? It's it's great. It's it's something else to watch, man. But uh, uh, one thing I will say about Tampa Bay, if uh, if you haven't seen it, go go on Twitter and find Peyton Manning's breakdown of of Tom Brady. That was really <laughs> funny. That was uh, really it's, funny. It, it, it's absolutely true. He was absolutely not meaning to throw that ball to Gronk. I'll never believe it. But uh, no, that that team is good. That, that run defense, man. They <laughs> they've they, they Dude, they're they, vicious, uh, man. Yeah, they're they're real good. But um. On the bye week, uh, unfortunately, is Arizona, Washington, Jacksonville, and Houston. Um, I mean, Arizona, I mean, talk about a team to watch, man. They, they may be one of those sneaky picks. I mean, Kyler Murray is just, he's the real deal. I mean, he is the the real, realest deal. I He's fun to watch. but um, He's very fun to watch. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Cork Top Podcast. Thank you for uh, sitting through our, our, our Bears group chat, Bears support. Uh, support group. Um, if you want to cry, cry with us. Send us your your emails, your texts, your tweets, comments, 
you know, let us know how you feel about why the Bears are, are bad. And I don't want to hear from you Packers fans, all right? We get it. We get it. They're bad. You don't need to tell us every single week, oh, you guys are terrible. Yeah, we know, all right? We get it. And yet we'll continue to root. I'll, I take, still, a, I'll take a bad 5-2 and two over a good 5-2 and two any year, bitches. <laughs> A good two and five, you mean? How is that possible? No, 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 no. I oh. want the suffering. I want the bad five. You and know two. what? Sometimes I think Bears fans do. If I'm being honest with you, and and I saw people saying, you know, you should be given reprieve. Uh, you should be given a window of your fandom to be like, all right, I'm done with this. No, that's not how we do things in Chicago. All right, we suffer and we suffer better than anybody else, except maybe New York fans because fuck them and they're just idiots. But uh. Like I said, thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Have a great week. And uh, Frank, I'll talk to you next week, man. I think this is going to be another long episode <laughs> next week. But we're, no, no, no. We're expecting this, though. I don't think it will be. We thought, we went into this Rams game thinking we had a real shot. Yeah. And we yeah. got crashed back then. So I, I, yeah, I, I don't think it'll be more, as much of a rant next week. But guys, thanks for listening. Uh, we will be back after the Bears lose to the Rams next week. Yeah, this is Jack Savio signing off from Hallis Hall. Uh, I've been standing out here in the cold all all day. It's, it's freezing out here. So I'm, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, Frankie. Bye.